you got cooking? How about cooking something up with me? Let's stir it up, boys. Welcome to the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. A weekly excursion into the fine art of preparing the world's most popular recipes under an open sky and an open flame. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the old grill sergeant, Randy Hayes. The thought occurred to me this morning that we all have several of those where were you when moments in our lives. The first one for me was where were you when President Kennedy was shot? I was 15 years old, ninth grade, Pascal High School, Fort Worth, Texas. It was lunchtime, and our principal, Mr. Barry, turned on the PA system that fed every room in the building and simply placed a microphone directly in front of a radio. The announcer was describing the events that were unfolding in Dallas, just 35 miles away, and obviously classes were suspended for the rest of the day. I don't actually remember much about the rest of that day just how distraught I was over the president being assassinated, but most specifically that it had happened in the same metropolitan area where I lived. The next one that has really stuck with me over the years was, where were you when Richard Nixon resigned? I was on the air at a radio station in Dallas that evening, and since the story had already been leaked to all the major network news organizations, it was really no surprise when it happened, but it was still a monumental moment, so we carried the address live on the radio. All I remember was being disgusted by the whole thing, because I had been a really strong supporter of Richard Nixon in both 68 and again in 72, so when all the dirt came out about, you know, the White House plumbers and the tapes in the Oval Office, I was just honked off at Nixon and everybody who worked in his administration because I felt betrayed. It took me years to trust anybody in the Republican Party again. The third one was, where were you when John Lennon was shot? I was driving to the radio station where just a few days earlier, I had been hired as Irv Harrigan on the Hudson and Harrigan show. I was still getting used to working on a team show for the very first time. Robert B. McIntyre did an absolutely masterful job that morning, reported all the details. He was very concise, very respectful. I remember thinking what a consummate professional he was. But today, we remember one of the most life-changing moments in all our lives. Where were you when the Twin Towers fell? Again, the radio played a huge part in the day for me, which is not at all surprising. After all, I've had a career in broadcasting for the last 57 years. But the irony of the role radio has played throughout all these events is not lost on me. Once again, I was on the air when the Twin Towers fell, exactly 20 years ago this morning. We stayed on the air until mid-afternoon. We reported all the details we could get. And again, Robert B. McIntyre lived up to the title we had given him decades before, the world's greatest radio newsman. But we all fielded phone calls from listeners, tried to make sense of what had happened that day. I even recall not realizing the mic was still on and screaming an expletive that went out over the air. Not proud of that moment. I regret it very much. But we were all more than just a little frustrated and angry that day, just like many of you were, no doubt. That's why we spent so much time putting your phone calls on the air that day. We wanted to give you, the audience, a chance to voice your own frustration and anger. Of course, we all recalled the four storylines of that day. First, the North Tower was hit at 7.45 a.m. Central Time, and hundreds of people were instantly killed. A huge hole was left near the 80th floor. But you'll remember, we all thought it was just some weird freak accident at the time. Then, 18 minutes later, the South Tower was struck around the 70th floor, and we all knew this was no accident. This was an attack. While the nation was glued to what was happening in New York, another plane crashed into the west side of the Pentagon. That was almost exactly one hour after the first plane hit the North Tower. 125 military personnel and military civilians were killed, along with the 64 people on board the airliner. Less than 15 minutes later, the South Tower collapsed. And at 9.30, the North Building did too. I didn't remember this, but only six people who were inside the World Trade Center building survived. Meanwhile, there was a fourth plane, Flight 93. It was hijacked about 40 minutes into its flight from Newark to California. 
Flight 93 had been delayed, and as a result, passengers on board already knew about the events in New York and Washington from their cell phone connections with family and friends. When the hijackers told everybody that the aircraft was just returning to the airport, the passengers knew that was a lie, so they took matters into their own hands. A guy named Thomas Burnett Jr. told his wife over the phone, I know we're all going to die. There's three of us who are going to do something about it. I love you, honey. Wow. Another guy, Todd Beamer, was heard in the background saying, Are you guys ready? Let's roll. It became the battle cry for the entire nation. A flight attendant named Sandy Bradshaw called her husband. She said she was filling pitchers with boiling water to use on the hijackers. Her last words to him were, Everybody's running to first class. I've got to go. Bye. Reportedly, the passengers attacked the cockpit with a fire extinguisher. That's when the plane flipped over and crashed into a field going 500 miles an hour. Later, intelligence showed that the hijackers might have wanted to crash Flight 93 into the White House, but the president wasn't even there. The target could have been the U.S. Capitol or Camp David, maybe even a nuclear power plant in the area. We'll never know for sure. But we can be sure that Thomas Burnett Jr. and Todd Beamer and Sandy Bradshaw were all heroes that day, along with several other passengers on Flight 93 whose names we'll never know. In the final analysis, there were 2,977 heroes who died that day. That's the total number of people killed in the four separate attacks. Well, maybe 2,977 victims were not directly involved in fighting the terrorists, but all of them serve as symbols of freedom and the cost of maintaining that freedom. Now, let me apologize to those of you who already knew all of that, because I understand that many of you have studied the events of 9-11 much more thoroughly than I ever will. And if that was boring and repetitious for you, forgive me. But at the same time, indulge me. The purpose of that exercise and the purpose of the commemoration ceremonies that are going to take place later today, they're not to bore you with some history lesson. They're designed to remind us of the sacrifice that so many people made on the altar of freedom and to never forget. Isn't that what we all said in the days following 9-11, never forget? Well, that's what we're doing here in this segment today, reminding ourselves of the price we all paid on that fateful day exactly 20 years ago. In fact, that fateful moment will arrive later on in this hour of this show. So let's all pause for a moment to remember, because 9-11 is this generation's Pearl Harbor. But as one of my drill sergeants said to us in basic training, do your duty to your country, then you can go back home and enjoy the freedom you earned with your sacrifice. The sacrifice those 2,977 patriots made 20 years ago today, 20 years ago this hour, that sacrifice is how you and I have the freedom to enjoy life's simple pleasures, like a football game. And today on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show, tailgating before a football game. You know, tailgating was made for those of us who love to cook under an open sky and over an open flame. So we're going to talk to a friend of mine from TCU, Marshall Harris. Marshall was a star football player at TCU, my alma mater, obviously. But I watched him play a lot of games, and I was especially happy when he was drafted into the NFL by the New York Jets. He also played for the Browns and later in the old USFL. But Marshall is not a one-dimensional guy. When he retired from pro football, he entered into the advertising and marketing industry, and he had a very successful career as an event creator for huge trade shows. Ironically enough, he was busy setting up one of those trade show presentations in New York City 20 years ago today. And so he was a firsthand witness at Ground Zero on 9-11. For Marshall, that was a life-changing experience. And he wound up switching careers once again. He established his own art studio back in Fort Worth. Yet, to say Marshall is a renaissance man is an understatement of massive proportions. <laughs> and given Marshall's massive proportions, that's really saying something. I can't wait to catch up with him again, talk some college football, plus tailgating. He and his wife, June, are expert tailgaters. So take a moment today to remember the sacrifice of 2,977 patriots 
people who lost their lives in the name of freedom 20 years ago this hour. But do their memories justice by living your life with the joy they would no doubt want for all of us. Just never forget. And as Todd Beamer said so perfectly, let's roll. If your barbecue's gone up in smoke and your cooking reputation is at stake, stick around. The Old Grill Sergeant will be right back with more ideas and advice to make your next cookout sizzle. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's. Conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door. With a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media, and my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run, and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself, and you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like, never, right? Well, at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website edgewater-digital.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big-box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Life is simple. Eat, sleep, grill. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Hames. We are pleased to welcome back an old friend, Marshall Harris. 
Hi, Marshall. Good to talk to you again. Good to be here, Randy. Nice uh, pleasure to be here today. Uh, Marshall is royalty around the Haynes household <laughs> because Marshall is a four-year letterman in football at my alma mater, TCU. In fact, your dad was also a letterman at TCU, right, Marshall? So, yes, he was. We're actually the only father-son inductees to the Letterman's Hall of Fame. Wow. So we've got, got that going for us. So what position did you play, Marshall? I played uh, defensive end and defensive tackle, depending on what defense we were running at that particular year. And um, so, yeah, I was front and center when uh, Earl Campbell was <laughs> running running amok over the team. Oh, I bet that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we were just discussing a, a game last night that I, I remember that uh, it was somebody asked me a question what I remembered about the game. And I said, oh, I remembered Earl Campbell actually running over my chest, <laughs> which as a lineman is not a great, <laughs> is not a great resume builder, but. Well, that means you were at TCU about 10 years before, no, no, about 10 years after I was. So we never actually crossed paths on campus, but I watched you in many games. So let's talk football for a few minutes. What do you think about this latest round of conference realignment, UT and OU going to the SEC? Well, the adage of follow the money. I noticed probably two, if not two and a half decades ago, that the money that was being generated by universities, particularly their athletic programs, was going to be some say opportunistic, and I thought it's going to be problematic because it's basically played out that there is no regional conferences anymore. It's it's all market share conferences, and it was just a matter of time before teams like the you know Texas or Oklahoma said, "Hey, there's more money to be made in the SEC," and, um, and so they're going to be. I don't know how they're going to migrate over. I know that Texas has got to unwind from the all of their media obligations and stuff, but, um, it, it'll, it'll, you're going to have to rename the conference, the super enormous conference <laughs> or the, you know, something because well, they got 47 teams in the, yeah. in the conference. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about the big 12 BYU, Cincinnati, uh, central Florida, the university of Houston, all supposed to join the conference. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of that? They're all good teams. I mean, I, I I'm, I think you're going to wind up seeing uh, the caliber of play and the caliber of players start to stratify. So, uh, and, and particularly since now the NCAA has allowed uh, players to capitalize on their their brand, you're going to see the top tier players considering where they're going to go based on what licensing agreements the school can arrange for them. You can't buy them cars anymore, but in terms of their opportunities to actually make money on their brand uh, that is going to that's going to be a very interesting pandora's box that i think is is being opened up i i liked football two decades ago when it was still yeah. you know imagine <laughs> it was still a game and it was not a it was not a an economy but um that's just because i'm an old letterman <laughs> <laughs> so how do you think all of this is going to flesh out marshall is there going to be a 14 team big 12 or will ut and ou buy their way out early well i don't know why even they even named i guess at one point there were 12 teams in the big 12 otherwise where would you have come up with the big 12 yeah so you know if you're going to keep the name make it 12 teams but it, it, it's all based on the economics now, it's no longer, I mean, when you've got teams from Pennsylvania and Florida and, and, and uh, Ohio playing in your conference, you know, I remember when I played in the Southwest Conference, it was bus drives to, you know, games. It wasn't plane flights. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the, uh, the economics of it doesn't affect the game too much, but I don't have much hope for that. Before we leave the subject of football altogether, how do you think the Frogs are going to fare this year? I uh, uh. <laughs> that doesn't sound too optimistic, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if the offense scores and the defense holds them, they should do well. <laughs> well, I realized that that body bag game last weekend was not really a good measuring stick. But I think all the pieces are in place for a pretty good run. What is your prediction for what will happen later today in the Cal game? Oh, you know, I, I'm traveling today, so I really, I really couldn't answer uh, 
knowledgeably about that. Uh, we, I think I mentioned earlier, my dad passed in July, in July so our, our, our focus on college football has been a bit uh, disrupted because he was really sort of the, the anchor points in, um, in our following teams. And so I, I, I'm going to defer to somebody who knows much more about football, you, to how that game is. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we're in trouble now, Marshall. <laughs> Marshall went on to play several years of pro football in the NFL and the old USFL. Yeah. But he graduated with a degree in communications, and you went into the advertising and marketing game for several years. Isn't that correct? Yeah, the, the degree was called commercial art. Uh, now it's graphic communications. They made the name fancy, but basically it's a degree in, in, in advertising or the basics of advertising. But at the time, uh, schools really didn't, they had a fine art degree, which was painting and sculpture and drawing and stuff. And so I took enough courses to graduate with a BFA, which would allow me to do either to be a, you know, uh, an artist or go into advertising and I chose the advertising route because I figured there would probably be more money in that than being a starving artist. So that means both you and I spent a lot of time in Ed Landreth Hall, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, the uh, department now has an entire building, but at the time it was a third floor attic space that uh, we started our uh, advertising classes in. And actually, there are one or two of the instructors I still keep in touch with, Bill Galleon, and Dusty Crocker and uh, some of the very old original instructors. I shouldn't say old because I'm in that category. <laughs> have to be careful how we categorize what old is now. So yeah, I graduated and spent 30 years in advertising and marketing. However, you were in New York on 9-11, which, by the way, the anniversary of that is today, and that changed your outlook on life in general. That's when you decided to pursue your dream of being a full-time artist, right? I, I, I have to correct that same a little bit. It really wasn't a dream. Uh, it was more of, of figuring out of this is what I don't want to do anymore. Yeah. And you know, over a period of a couple of years, figuring out what I did want to do. So yeah, I was in New York setting up a trade show for a uh, one of my clients, uh, the design firm that I was the head of. We designed trade shows and part of the, dog and pony show was you go and set it up. So I was in the Javits center when the planes hit the building and, uh, you know, the rest of the story is, is well documented. Uh, and that day I decided that, okay, uh, if this were my last day on earth, would I want to be doing what I'm doing? And the answer came back, no, but I don't know what, what else you would be doing. And that was the first step on the next path that I'm currently traversing now. So, um, it was a significant day for a lot of reasons. Um, it basically was a rebirth for me of figuring out what I wanted to do with the last half of my life. And you wound up moving back to Fort Worth, where you reconnected with an old friend from TCU, June Naylor, and the two of you got married. <laughs> How are we doing so far, Marshall? <laughs> yeah, it was the longest uh, dating period on in recorded history. <laughs> well, my wife likes to point out that we reconnected and got married exactly 35 years to the day that we went out on our first date. Well, we actually didn't go out on a date. There was a fundraiser that TC, the TC literature department had put together and they had invited quote unquote celebrities to be paired up with the senior students. And so my wife was paired up with me. I guess I was termed a celebrity at the time. I didn't know that. I just was <laughs> <laughs> when you win on a team that doesn't win any games. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so we we bowled, and I I liked her form, and uh, <laughs> I went off. I got drafted by the New York Jets, and I went off and moved away. And I was away for uh, thirty years. And I, when I moved back, I, I moved back in with my folks. <laughs> we we're you know going to movies or just hanging out and the more we hung out the more we realized that we liked each other so then we, then we got married but sculpture isn't the only art that marshall practices he also loves to cook specifically for tailgates before tcu football games and that's the subject for today's edition of the boyd seafood outdoor cooking show tailgates so can you stick around for another segment and talk about that absolutely stay patient dinner will be ready right after this smoke alarm goes off 
Randy will be right back with more smoking hot tips for you and your old plane right after this short break. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big-box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, a electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's, conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant, all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door. With a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Hi friends, Randy Hames to tell you about Cellular and Satellite. Cellular and Satellite are specialists in wireless data plans for businesses. Because they buy in large quantities, Cellular and Satellite can give you a data plan on the same provider you're using today, but at a lower cost. Cellular and Satellite can also combine the two largest wireless providers into a single data plan. Two carriers with better coverage, but only one invoice to pay. If your workforce is international, Cellular and Satellite offers a global data SIM with fixed pricing in over 200 countries. You'll never have to pay international roaming charges again with Cellular and Satellite. And they can handle all your wireless data needs whether you need 10 or 10,000 data SIMs. So if you're an IT professional, mobility manager, or business owner, save money and increase your network availability by letting Cellular and Satellite simplify your wireless life. Call Cellular and Satellite today, 832-551-1000, or go to CellularAndSatellite.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a complete computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Stand back. We've got our grill on. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Hayes. We're back with Marshall Harris who is a retired college and pro football player and a retired advertising and marketing guru. Branched out from those careers, got his Master's of Fine Art degree in sculpture from the University of the Arts in Philadelphia, and then he launched his third career as a full-time artist with a studio located back in Fort Worth, where he went to school at TCU, my alma mater. Your bio states that your new chosen medium 
is drawing with graphite on mylar. Now, we realize this is radio. It might be a little hard to describe, <laughs> but can you explain that process for us, Marshall? Yeah, it's pretty simple. Graphite is basically a pencil, and mylar is a synthetic paper. And so when I, uh, it's sort of a fancy way of saying I use a lot of different types of pencils, and the paper that I use is, uh, is synthetic. It's what architects and engineers used to use before CAD took over. Ah. And then if they had to move a window or redraw something, they would just erase and then redraw it. And it's a very forgiving, almost magical service to draw on. And it allows me to create uh, photorealistic images, uh, historic Western saddles or figure studies, whatever the subject matter is. Very large. Uh, my works are, are quite big. Um, some there's one is is five feet high by thirty feet long, and so you know, go big or go home, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, are these pieces for sale? Uh, yes, uh, I've got a number of pieces that are in collectors. Uh, I think they've they've been acquired, but uh, I do commissions for the saddles. I'm currently going to be working on one for a guy that lives in Oregon. It's his grandfather's saddle, and his grandfather. Uh, moved to the Houston area and raised Brahma bulls, and his uh, so he he's got his grandpa saddle, and he's commissioned a, a, a drawing of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, my uh, my works. The best place to find my stuff is uh, marshallkharris.com. So just look at my website to look at the variety of things that I do. And um, I, I showed a couple of, of galleries. There's a store in Fort Worth called Chippewa Americana, and they are the exclusive. Um, promoters of my saddle drawings and limited edition prints. So yeah, so my stuff's available. All of this is fascinating stuff, but the topic for today's edition of the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show is tailgating. And Marshall's family has a long history of tailgating before TCU football games in Fort Worth. We mentioned your dad a few moments ago. Sadly, he just passed away, and he was the one who actually gave birth to the tailgate that you and June operate today, right? Yep. Uh, dad, mom and dad have had season tickets for the games forever. I mean, when I played, uh, they were one of the four or five spectators that were in the stand. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and at the time, you know, you could have, you could have a tailgate, but it wasn't trendy to have it back then. Anyway, you know, over the years, they would, they had a great parking space with some big shade trees and it just became a, a tradition for them. And when I moved back to Texas, they're getting older. And uh, so I said, well, you know, I'll help set up and take down. And eventually when my wife and I got together, of course, her being a very good cook and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm decent. Uh, she's really the, the, the magical person. <laughs> but anyway, we, uh, we, we started, they said, well, you guys just come up, you show up like royalty and, and we'll put on the, you know, the dog and pony show. And so it became a, a fairly big deal. Uh, each home game, and uh, we eventually wrote a cookbook about it. So we recall from your first visit to the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show that you tailor the food you serve to the opponent that day. That'll work really well on October 2nd when the Longhorns come to town. You can just <laughs> grill up beef, you know, yep. hamburgers, steaks, brats, whatever. But it's got to be a little trickier like last weekend yeah. when Duquesne was the visitor because they're the Dukes. Please tell us cannibalism wasn't involved. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all, we always have we have a, an option to uh, to modify. I mean, our, our, our menus were not strictly catered to. I mean, we did that. We knew we were going to be playing, uh, you know, Arkansas at home one year and Baylor and the you know, the regular Big Twelve opponents. We, we crafted the the cookbook around the people we knew we were going to be playing at home. But then we would, you know, if we are going to be playing the, the Dungeness Crab University from, <laughs> we might craft something that's seafood oriented. You know, it doesn't, it, we kind of look at the mascot and figure out whether we can take it to something that is, that is sarcastic. Well, today is also a challenge. Cal comes to Eamon Carter Stadium. Yeah. Their mascot is the Golden Bears. Now, Marshall, I ate bear meat at a wild game cook-off many years ago. It was greasy. It was like... Tough as an old boot. What's the plan for today's tailgate? <laughs> for bear? <laughs> we'll be creative. We won't be serving bear. And next Saturday doesn't get any easier. 
the Crosstown Whooping Boys, SMU will be in town. Everybody knows they're the Mustangs. Yeah. And I know that horse meat is a delicacy in many parts of the world, but not this one. So what would you do for the ponies? <laughs> the ponies were... Well, we we got a lot of recipes in the in the cookbook that can be adapted. So instead of doing a pork tenderloin, you can do a you know a beef tenderloin, something like that. Um, so yeah, I, the adhesion to preparing something that is is directly related to the mascot, we have to modify a bit because although horse is a delicacy in Europe. Wing Europe. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Nope. And the next home game after that for TCU will feature West Virginia. And they're the Mountaineers. What have you dreamed up creative for the Mountaineers? You know, we did uh, a couple years ago, we did a, um, oh yeah, we did a, a, a coffee rub smoked pork tenderloin slider. And uh, we did a fourberry cobbler. And sometimes we'll just, we'll, we'll theme the cutlery and stuff that we, we get, we'll, we'll wrap the theme into that. So I, I, I you know, have to say that the recipes, when we can ad- adapt them to be, um, tongue in cheek, no pun intended, uh, we'll do that. But obviously the, the Mountaineers, we're, we're not going to be serving up Mountaineers, but we'll be serving up brat or something that'll be maybe, you know, uh, when Cincinnati would be coming, would, uh, if Cincinnati joins the, uh, big 12, we'll certainly cook up Cincinnati chili or, or, you know, if, and, and looking at something that is, um, a lot of times we look at what the, the fa- if the fans are going to visit something, even that they would appreciate, because we look at tailgates, it's not as adversarial. We like them to be inviting to, you know, even the other team. Yes. Uh, at least in, in past years, we have you know basically opened up our uh, the tailgate to if you have friends that go to the other school, you want to bring them by, please do. Uh, but if they're from Texas, please let them know that they're going to be eating brisket. And if they take offense to that, mm, too bad. <laughs> and the last home game of the year is going to be the Jayhawks, Kansas, November twentieth. Bird is the word here, Marshall. Chicken, maybe quail. Uh, now we're going to take and smoke a turkey. Ah, we would smoke a turkey for that because I think the the we thought about doing uh, uh, just doing individual chickens, but again we're you know we're dealing with uh, unique circumstances here with um, you know safety precautions and all that sort of stuff. So we're having to modify how we prepare and how we present the the, the dishes. Uh, we're going to. Uh, individual portioning for the uh, the things that we would serve at a, at a you know, as opposed to having a big bowl of potato salad, uh, we'll be going to Sam's and getting the little restaurant uh, serving cups. And actually, takes and helps uh, with with um, preparing the amount that you're going to be you know rolling out. If you can get an estimate of how many heads you're going to have at a tailgate, it, it helps you take and prepare. So you don't have a whole ton left. And and you and June have crafted this wonderful tailgate cookbook. So tell people how we can find that book online. Well, it's called the Texas Tailgate Cookbook. And uh, you can uh, read about it on June and and get the link to this order on junenaylor.com. That's her website. It's also available through Amazon. And, uh, it's got about 53 recipes in there. And they're, again, they're like you had mentioned, they're broken up by, um, they're themed by kind of like the team we'd be playing. Uh, but there's everything from uh, a brisket recipe or ribs, uh, like I said, a coffee rubbed smoked pork tenderloin, uh, their sides. We've got three different, uh, types of, uh, potato salad, whether you like a mustard potato salad or a mustardy potato salad several different types of slaws and always a dessert something sweet that goes with it and cocktail pairing of course you know you and june do it up right now i hope you won't mind if my little family group drops by to see you before a game real soon give our best to june and go frogs thank you very much randy appreciate it life is short grill while you can randy will be right back with more food and fun after this break 
Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media. And my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself. And you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like never, right? Well, at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website edgewater-digital.com. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's. Conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door with a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. May the forks be with you. This is the Boyd's Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now here's the guy who turns all the grills on, Randy Hames. We have finally arrived at that point in the show when I get to talk to my best friend in the radio business. It's Fred Olson. What's shaking, my man? Well, I tell you what, I'm kind of geeked about football right now. Ah. I've enjoyed some of the college games and all that. And, of course, we got the pros to look forward to now or to not look forward to, however you look at it. Well, let's stop right there. You mentioned the college game. There's so much going on in conference realignment right now with Texas and OU going to the SEC. And now the Big 12 talking about adding Cincinnati, uh, Central Florida, uh, BYU, and, of course, U of H. What do you think of all of that? 
I say it's going to happen. It's about money and whatever, where the money goes, that's where people are going to go to. I, I miss the old days of rivalries like Southwest Conference and all that. That stuff's kind of gone. It's, uh, but I, I love the game, so I'll just kind of go where they take me with it. But what do I think about it? I don't know. I like, I love watching UCF football. They're fun to watch. And U of H too. Um, I don't know that much about Cincinnati uh, or, or, or I can't remember the other fourth one you mentioned, but uh, yeah, BYU. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about cash, man. Let's face it. It's about movie contracts now and streaming and it's just a whole nother world. That should be really interesting. You know, U of H people have been talking about getting into the big 12 for years. Well, now it looks like they're going to be. And they probably deserve to be too. There's just so many good offenses being run right now. It's just so much fun. Even the smaller schools uh, are, are playing tough. They're, they, they're playing a lot of uh, hurry up and a lot of, uh, you know, try and stop us kind of offenses. And a lot of them can play pretty good for the first half, but, you know, then <laughs> over time, talent's going to win out, you know, on, on some of those games. But uh, I'm just enjoying the effort. Um, and just, I, I'm just glad it means season change, Randy. It's not going to be as hot in another two, three months. <laughs> another two or three months. That's crazy, isn't it, man? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's move on to opening weekend for the NFL. What do you expect from the Texans and the Jags? I don't know. I hope we don't win too many games. <laughs> I, saw a, no, I saw a projection, one that we wouldn't win any, and I don't think that'll happen. One we'd win two. And then the troubling ones that we'd win five and tie the Giants and the Jets for being really bad. And then we probably, because of strength of schedule, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't get the first round pick. I'm going, no, <laughs> we want the first round pick. And whoever gets Deshaun, we want them to be really, really bad <laughs> yeah. so we can get their great first round picks in 2023 and 2024 or whatever. So there's that. Well, Jacksonville obviously has more talent on paper than Houston. Everybody's got more talent on paper than Houston. But we got to keep in mind that in Jacksonville, the head coach and the starting quarterback are both NFL rookies. So anything's possible, right? Well, of course it is, yeah. And I, I thought Lawrence was brilliant in college. And I don't know if he got hit too much because I think they have a pretty good offensive line. But, you know, I will tell you that I think the Texans are going to have a, a very good defense at least uh, in the upper half of the NFL. Uh -huh. And that may be the saving grace, and that may be you know part of the future because Lovey knows what he's doing, even with his Texans 2 defense instead of his old Tampa 2. But, but anyway, I think that the Jacksonville on paper, of course, has a lot more talent. We have probably, I think we're the oldest, we have the oldest team in the NFL now. Really? As far as the most veterans. The most, yeah, look at it. Even our practice squad is, most guys are over 25. The, the majority. Uh, or yeah, so I think we have either the first or second oldest total team age in the NFL. Well, maybe Social Security can help make payroll. <laughs> hey, Deshaun, how much did you make? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my goodness, you've got a big check coming. Well, what do you think is going to happen with Deshaun? Do you think we're going to have to carry him all season long? And, and why not? For $10.45 million, that's nothing. I mean, where's... You know, we, we used to spend that on people of lesser quality. <laughs> but to keep around just in case they can trade them, who knows? How many of these women have filed civil suits, though? That's kind of the issue, isn't it? Well, I think it probably is a long-term anyway, but I'm talking about short-term. Do you think there's any chance the Texans can find a way to trade this guy during the season? There's going to have to be a big clause in the contract to whoever wants to give us X amount of picks and players for him, that if things don't work out, they, they get to scrub the whole deal. Yeah. I mean, who would, who would who'd go, I'll take a chance because the guy's future. But if he's out of the league for a couple of years or, you know, at least a year, what, what does that do to his skills? But he's 25. So, and he's also a generational kind of player. We've seen how brilliant he can be, but I'm going to tell you, I thought Tyrod did a couple of things in the very few series he played. So, if you look at his history, Terod's history of the NFL, it isn't a bad one at all. I mean, it isn't like, you know, Garrett Gilbert or, or any of these other guys. I mean, he's, he's had some success. So um, I think we're, we'll be marginal at best, but <laughs> let's try not to win more than three games, guys. Come on. <laughs> we're rooting for you. Well, you know, a lot of people were pretty jazzed about the Texans showing in the preseason, but we, we all know that it's a whole new world when the, when the regular season starts. But opening day also means tailgating. 
even if it's only virtual. I don't know what the policy is out there with all the COVID shutdowns and stuff, but you and I spent a lot of Sunday mornings judging tailgaters out at NRG Stadium. Oh, I, I, and I will tell you, I know that LSU has, uh, you know, incredible tailgates. I know that that uh, the Packers have amazing tailgates because they're all these traditions. But I will tell you, the Texans parking lot used to be just, you could just walk through there. It was like a fair every Sunday at a, during a home game. It was <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, especially the bearded lady. That I <laughs> that was a lady? <laughs> I still shake my head over how much alcohol was being consumed before noon, no less. I often wondered how many of those folks are going to last all the way through the game. And if, and if I'm being honest, I'm sure a whole bunch of them didn't last through the game. <laughs> you know, that, that reminds me of, I cannot remember the comedian's name, but he was an old country boy, kind of short. And he'd say, I went over to Bubba's house the other day and he says, uh, Hey, you want a beer? And I said, come on, man. It's, Eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> of course I want a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I taste tested some really strange dishes during those forays into tailgating at NRG, but I learned very quickly to ask what it was before I put it in my mouth. Now, I don't recall anything specific that was disgusting, but I do remember turning down a few things here and there. Do you? Yeah, we turned about drinks down about every 10 feet because we had to go in and do the game. Yeah. Yeah, they go, you want one? No, 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 no. I'm good, I'm good, because it looks green, but I don't know what's in there. Yeah. And, uh, but no, people, they would never give us anything bad. They just wanted us to have a good time. Well, I know what I wouldn't turn down. I wouldn't turn down those ribs you said you were going to smoke for Labor Day. How'd they turn out? Well, I, I didn't smoke them. I, I did something different, and and uh I kind of, I said, I'm going to cook these in the oven Oh. and I'm going to do the same rub I do. That's, you know, really pretty good. No MSG and just all good stuff. And then I put them in there and I, I hated them. I didn't like them at all. No, they weren't up to my standard. I thought they were tough and funky and I didn't like them, even though I slow cooked them in the oven, but it's not the same, man. You got to go outside and, and, and burn some meat somewhere. <laughs> Well, my wife did two racks of ribs for our family night dinner on Labor Day, but she cooked them in the crock pot. Now, serious smokers out there would call that cheating. No, it's blasphemy. It's blasphemy. Well, I call it wisdom, Fred, because the worst part of it was when I had to clean out the crock pot, and even that wasn't very bad. I had it done in less than five minutes, and those ribs were good. Yeah, they do. Do you finish them under a broiler, or or that's what I did to get a little bit of that caramelization? I, I could see doing that, and then put them on the grill for a few minutes just to get them kind of, you know, rib like looking. Yes, we did that, and they got a little bit of an edge on them, like you said, and, and then they were just really tender. But they didn't actually fall off the bone; they had a little pull on them. I kind of like that on a rib. I do too. I, yeah, Beverly, uh, my wife, does not want them to just fall off because if then just you know just by. Uh, Buy a pork steak and cook it. Yeah. There's a reason it's a rib because you got to work at it a little bit. But yeah, I agree. You fall off the bone is all these recipes say that online. I'm going, uh-uh, uh-uh. I want to play with it a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to make sure I don't get my expectations too high. Not for the food, you understand, but for the Texans. So lower your expectations and let's just enjoy the fact it's football season. Okay, buddy? You know what'll happen is they'll go out and they'll look really good and a few flashes they'll go, he could win this game. He could win it. And then then you're conflicted because you go, oh, okay, let's settle for a second pick. Maybe <laughs> third pick. I love you, brother. <laughs> go Texans. I love you too, man. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Send us your burning questions and favorite recipes in a private message on our Facebook page, The Outdoor Cooking Show, or visit our website, theoutdoorcookingshow.com. Join us next week for more tasty food and fun over a red-hot grill on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. How's about cooking something up for me?